Okay. I've never done this before, so I'm a little nervous, but um, I am telling a story, telling a story that, um, that isn't my own, but I got permission to share. Uh, what happened this week, actually, so we knew we were doing this. We knew we were, Adam and I, we didn't know who was going to speak. We were kind of trying to figure that out all week long. And we were driving to New York, and I was just praying, like, Lord, like, please just give us um, clarity on what we should be talking about, what you want us to speak on. We picked some scripture that was pretty, you know, like pretty solid strict scripture, what you heard earlier, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint, right? Like that's, that's about hope, but what are we going to say about hope? And um, I felt really convicted that we shouldn't stand up here and talk about, oh, we hope for this happy thing to happen, and then it happened, and God is so good, because that's really easy to hope in those situations. And I felt like the Lord was really saying, it's much harder to hope when things are broken and when you're hurting and when life isn't fair. And that was all he really said. So I'm like still just praying. It was like the drive to New York. So we visited family for Thanksgiving, and that was the drive to New York. Was That's what he said to me. And I said, okay, well, you can give me an idea. Um, and I always spend a lot of time. So Adam's family, most of you probably know this, but he's one of six kids. Okay, we drove to Rochester, New York. We do this every Thanksgiving. He is um, in the middle, but he has one sister, and then there's five boys, and they're all grown. And we all stay together in one house, almost everybody, and it's wild and crazy. Um, and his sister and I always, he's, she's the only girl. And so she and I always hang out a lot. She's kind of, I don't know, she's like my sister. I met her when I was 18 years old. She was, um, she was 10 years older than me, and she was always very glamorous, right? So when I met her, I was in awe. I was 18 years old, and she was just so beautiful and so cool, dripping with just so sparkly, like a sparkly person. She was building her own house, literally with her and her husband. We're building their own house by hand, um, and she's a designer, interior decorator, so she's, you know, everything was just so cool about her. And so I always looked up to her. We've always been pretty close, and um, and I always spent a lot of time with her over Thanksgiving. And so I was compelled as we, she and I were talking we do a five-hour Black Friday shopping thing. It's crazy, but it's like our tradition. So as I'm talking to her, I realize, um, like, sh- her story is what I needed to share today. And so what ended up, what I'll do is I'm going to fast forward through a lot of years, okay, because I've known her a lot of years, and obviously she's um, 40-something years old now, so she's got a lot of story. But um, around, so I kind of give you some background of where she was, like, maybe 15-plus years ago. And then in 2000, um, somewhere in like 2013, 2012, she actually had her identity stolen, okay? And she literally um, had loans taken, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like all loans taken on her name against her house, like all this crazy stuff. Um, I won't even get into it because it's literally a whole other story of its, of its own. Um, but a lot of bad things happen. Um, Somewhere before that all happened, she got married, though, to this, this wonderful guy who they've been together for, like, almost two decades. I was in their wedding. It was on the lake. Gorgeous, right? Everything. Um, and in 2014, they had a baby. So they had, um, they had Joey. They named his their husband's name was Joe. Uh, they had Joey. They named him Joseph. And he, um, super healthy, everything, you know, great. And then in um, 20... Uh, let's see, I have to keep my timeline straight. In 2017, though, because of all the identity stuff, 
uh, and this time, two, exactly two years ago, November 2017, um, her house was taken. Like, they repossessed her house, okay, as she'd been in for, like, a decade. And then, um, six months later, in May of 2018, so this was only a year and a half ago, we got a phone call on a Sunday morning, or Saturday morning, um, that Joe, her husband, had a heart attack in the middle of the night and died. So she literally lost in six months, I think what she would say, all of her stability, right? Like her home, her husband, her family. Like, um, to me, that's an unimaginable loss. I've never experienced anything of that magnitude in my life. Um, and prayerfully, none of us ever do. <laughs> but that's what her life, that's where she was. And she's a believer. And I won't speak to what her reactions were or what her experiences were at the time. I think you can probably imagine, right? But what I can speak to is what I've seen happen in her life. And she was essentially homeless, a single mom, right? Like, she moved into my mother-in-law's um, unfinished basement, and that's actually where she still lives, okay? And she has a four-year-old son, or now he's five. He's exactly Mateo's age. Um, and he lives down there, too. And... I've seen her cycle through the grief, and I've seen her, she always had this glimmer of hope, but I've seen it strengthen. And this year, when we were there, I was actually, I was amazed at what she was telling me. And I mean, you have to remember, she still lives in an unfinished basement. She still has, her husband's still gone, right? That's never changing. And she's radiating this hope that is really phenomenal. And it's incredible to to look at her and to think, where is this coming from? I think as a believer, you kind of know. But anybody from the outside looking in at this story is going to to, to wonder where this is coming from. Um, And essentially... What this conversation she and I had, I told her we were, I was doing that we were doing this this weekend, and I told her that um, that we were talking about hope, and she was like, "Oh, that's a good one." <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, what would you say about it?" And she said, "I mean, hope is everything." And she said, and I told her the scripture I was thinking about at the time was, um, "For all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose." And I said, "Janara, like you, you've done everything." Like, I know, sure, mistakes maybe have been made, like, of course, but you have worked towards his purpose throughout this whole thing, haven't you? And she's like, I've tried. <laughs> I've tried. You know, she's tried, figured out how to get her son in a Catholic school. She really wanted that influence in her life. She was really looking for positive male role models for her son. She was really trying to figure out how to make this new life work that really felt like it wasn't working. And... Um, and I've just been, we, we sat there and I said, Janara, I said, I, we were just talking and at some point she looks at me and she goes, okay, this is going to sound crazy. And I braced myself because if Janara says that, it's definitely going to sound crazy. <laughs> but she said, um, she said, I really can't explain this, but some, somehow, somehow we're doing, we're doing, we're doing really well. And she said, it's not just, and it's not just that we're doing well. She said, these are her exact words. She said, somehow I've been given myself back and I'm my, the best version of myself I've ever been. And that doesn't come from, and I looked at her and first I asked, 
can I tell this on Sunday? <laughs> and she said, yes. But then I said, well, where is this coming from? She goes, God. She said, this is obviously God. And I realized that she is the picture of hope. Her circumstances haven't changed all that much, she, but she's hoping for it too. She's hoping that she'll be able to get into a new house. She's hoping she'll be able to get her stuff out of storage. She's hoping that her son will one day maybe have a different male role model, right, in her, his life forever. She's, she's choosing hope, and she's choo- getting this strength from a place that none of us can access without divine intervention, right? She's getting her strength from the Lord, and she will tell you that. And if you look at her, if you look at her and you th- remember her circumstances, it's so easy to forget where she's gone through because she's soaring. Like, she doesn't look like a person who is, has lost her husband 18 months ago, who has lost her home two years ago, who is literally just still trying to figure it out every single day. She doesn't look like that. She looks like a person who is thriving and loved because she is, because she's loved by Jesus and she finds her hope in him. And it's just um, such a blessing to be able to watch. And she's so open with her story, but it comes from her pursuing God this entire time. And I'm not going to say she didn't have dark days. Like I said, that's her story to tell. But, but she has found where her hope is coming from and she has not lost sight. Like, she has just continued to, to, to go there for it. Um, and the other scripture that I wanted to share today that's related to her story, or that actually I picked this before I decided to tell her story, but um, that I've always struggled with, honestly, is 2 Corinthians four seventeen through 18, which is, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweigh them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And that's hard for me because light momentary, like losing your husband doesn't feel like a light momentary struggle. Like that feels like a permanent, permanent loss. But I think, and you have to correct me if I'm scripturally wrong here, but, but I think what the Lord is saying, at least what I hear from this right now, is that that God's vision, or his plan for our lives and his vision of the world and of time and of just um, everything that we experience is just so different. Like, his ways are not our eyes. We don't see the world the way God sees the world. And he is telling us that what we are going to get, right, like his promise of being with us for eternity, that glory, or that, that privilege, rather, to his glory is going to, we won't even, it won't compare. What, that loss of a husband. She's, I think what's happening is she gets a sliver of that right now because she's looking to Jesus, even though she's not in, in heaven with him, right? Like even though she's not there, she gets a sliver of that, of that tremendous glory that far outweighs them all. And that's enough to sustain her. And it's just, um, you know, something that I'm so thankful I've been able to witness as her sister-in-law. Um, I think that as she grows through this, she'll be able to even share her story more and more. Um, but I don't think I've ever met anybody who's been able to overcome in the way that she has. And she will give credit to absolutely no one else other than Jesus. So that is really all I had to say today. Hope in Jesus, y'all. That's, right. <laughs> That's it. Um, so do we like the candle now? Mm-hmm.
You getting out early today? See me? If you want to be do you guys want to come up and light the candle? And to Adam? So we can all do it.